Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. It's good to see your faces. If you're new, my name is Joel. I am one of our pastors here. This morning, we are continuing our series on discipleship. Everyone say discipleship. Turn to the person next to you and say discipleship. Say discipleship. Discipleship. Uh, Humans... Um, are made to sponge up the community that they're in. You don't need to look very far. You look at a kid, a kid learning to walk or talk, or uh, Ellie this week came into um, our bedroom. It was about 6 o'clock at, at night, and she laid down next to me and looked up at the roof and said, I've had a long day. Uh, she's three. Um, she's sponging up the environment of mum and dad who are saying, I had a long day, a, a lot in our home, obviously. Uh, either... A kid or a workplace, a toxic workplace, can affect every single employee. Look at a family. There's certain things, not just physical attributes about a family, but how they act or talk or their level of humor. Some people laugh one second before everyone else in a joke. Some people laugh a little late. And some people don't laugh at all. Like that. See? That's brilliant. Um, Or look at a church culture, and different churches have different voices, different flavors. So the community that you're in is very important. That's why discipleship is very important, because as a human, you are made to sponge up who you're around. So let's be very intentional. This series is all about making sure we are intentional with the discipleship in our worlds. I'm going to give you a warning, and we're going to look at the scripture. This is the warning. It's in red on the screen. Be warned. You're going to need to take notes today. Also, you're going to need to take notes every service you're in. Uh, A good tip for you to not be familiar in church is to allow God to speak to you so that an action occurs outside of these four walls. You can get very sick if you come to church and eat so much, so yummy, yummy food and never do anything with it. And taking notes is a moment where you can come before God and be like, God, what are you saying to me today? that should affect tomorrow's workplace, this afternoon's family lunch, how I raise my kids, how I look uh, with faith about what you want to do, how I believe for miracles. And note-taking is a fantastic way to make sure you don't become uh, disgustingly familiar. Uh, If you didn't like that descriptive word of familiar and you really love being familiar, uh, my apologies. We're going to look to the screen. I want to read this scripture. I want to pray for us. The scripture I looked at in church two weeks ago in Mark 6, and this was the sermon I was going to preach the day I was prayed in a few weeks ago, but I was sick, I wasn't allowed to be here, it was very gross, so we're going to do it today. Mark 6 verse 1 to 2 says this, you're allowed to say got it if you've got it, it's on the screen, hopefully you have. It says this, Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked some questions. It says, where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Verse 3 says, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. They took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown or his own town, among his relatives and in his own home. And then verse 5 reads this, He could not do 
any or many miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed, everyone say amazed, at their lack of faith. As I said a couple of weeks ago, there's a couple of things that amaze Jesus. One is faith, one is a lack of faith. (laughs) Let's be on the right side of history when it comes to that. Mark 6 gives us an insight into the topic that I want to share around today, and that is familiarity. Pronounce it correctly. I've been practicing all week. It has been very challenging for me, Giuseppe. So uh, thank you for acknowledging the hard work I put into that word just then. Um, Today, we're going to take a moment and look at how um, being familiar affects today and how it affects tomorrow. Um, the, The message theme is this. It is familiarity killed the cat. Or if you need a longer title because you like long titles, curiosity killed the cat and familiarity killed kills the kingdom. I want to look at for a few moments how um, being familiar doesn't just limit God's kingdom today, but it will limit what God can do tomorrow and the next day and the next week. And you can find yourself for weeks, months or years going in certain circles because today you have made a poor decision and allowed yourself to become familiar. Um, I have a thing here before I pray and get into this thing. Um, these are some, um, some topics that I think we can get familiar in really easy. And it's the people um, working from the bottom, the people in our life, people in our work, people in our church. And I think the people we become the most familiar with are our families. I don't think the people you become the most familiar with is me as a pastor or, or your boss at work. I think the people close to you, it is very easy to treat them as common to get used to how blessed you are. It can start with just people at the shops, people around in your life, but the closer you get to someone, it's quite easy to become incredibly familiar with them. And one of the biggest struggles I think um, pastors face is when the church becomes familiar. Familiar with God, familiar with what He's saying, familiar with what He wants to do, familiar with worship, familiar with prayer, familiar with meeting together. And when that happens, the church um, just starts to circle. It starts to go around in cycles and we don't get to become everything we're called to be. So maybe we're familiar with services or gatherings. It zaps the expectation. It it, it zaps the humility. It it stops the church from becoming everything she is called to be. So we're going to look at um, this topic. I want to pray for us. Um, Can I just tell you the enemy of being familiar is honor? Just to be very simple, um, being familiar is dishonor, and being familiar and dishonor is a sin. Uh, Sin is really easy. Sin is when we take control of our own lives and don't let God take control. It is rebellion against Him being the Lord of our lives. And being familiar is no doubt a sin, and I'll explain that in a little while. But let me pray for us, and then Joey can sit down. God, I thank you that you want to speak to us today. We are hungry for your word. We are expectant to encounter you. We do not want to meet together without meeting with you. So we place you, Jesus, at the center of this moment. All eyes on you. Have your way. Speak to us. Reflect back to us truth this morning, Jesus, so that we can be changed because, God, we need change. We have not arrived. We want to be more like you, Jesus, in every way, in every area. So God, please speak to us this morning. Change and transform us. We are not too good or big or busy. The storm is not too loud for you to have your way. So speak and help us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, 
Amen. Thank you, Joey. You may be seated. When we talk about being familiar in the kingdom, what we're really talking about is not just the that familiar taste of pumpkin soup at winter time, and it's like this this moment where you've had something so many times and, and you remember it. What we're talking about in this story, and when we talk about being familiar, is we're talking about a concept called contempt. It is when you are so used to something that you begin to devalue it, you begin to act like something that is special is now normal, and you get in a very toxic culture of I have everything that I need and I don't need to change, expand, learn or grow. And you buy into a lie that God is done with you. He's done with changing you. He's done with making you more like his son. And you arrive at a point of, I have enough. I know enough. I just want to give us a thought on honor. Then I'm going to give you a little uh, prop this morning. Everyone say prop. This is a fun word to say, isn't it? One more time. Prop. It's like plop. Um. When we uh, do the opposite of being familiar, when we honor, what we are doing is we are placing our worth and value on something. Or more importantly, we are acknowledging the worth and the value of something. So when we honor a leader, we're acknowledging the worth and value. Worth is the cost, the cost of sale. These pants are worth something. The amount of fabric, the stitching, the factory, the shipping, they have a worth. But they also have value. That value includes emotions, the story, everything. And I want to give us an example. Where's Mark Maharib? Can you come here, bro? Is that okay? Um, This is what can happen uh, when we're familiar, whether it be uh, life, work, church, or family. Mark, can I give you a gift? You can stand down here. It's okay. Relax. Imagine if I just punched. No, he could take it anyway. He's a unit. Is everyone impressed at how muscly this man is? One person in this room is. Okay. um, Can I give you a gift? There you go, Mark. How's it feel? <laughs> it's my birthday. I remembered. It's your birthday. I saw it on the screen, Alex. Yeah. Alex bought herself a birthday present this week. It was $530. Um, who's got the mic now? Um, does that feel good? Yep. I've got something else for you. They pay me well here at church. <laughs> More? Uh, I've only got a little bit more. So uh, There's a point um, of this happening where Mark stops looking at what he has and he thinks, I just want to take a little bit more. He stops valuing, actually, what he already has. And his expectation, yeah, he starts to steal. Uh, he, his expectation um, becomes um, no longer valuing what he has, but rather... The grass is always green on the other side. No, it's not. The grass is always greener where you water it. When you keep honor in your heart, when you keep expectation in your heart, when you keep hunger in your heart, the prophet Justin Bieber sung that lyric, um, the grass is greener where you water it, um, you actually value what God has already given you and it allows him to give you more without you disvaluing it, without you treating it like it's common because the first, like, like let's treat last week's, last, me- last week's message, Pastor and I sharing around the secret garden, valuing your garden, valuing others. You got handed a 50 church. What do you do with that? Are you just waiting for the next service to get a few more under your belt to catch up with Wayne and Mary? Or is there a constant expectation of, 
I'm so thankful for what God has given me and I'm so hungry for more, not because I can just hold it, because I acknowledge the worth and value of what God is doing in my life and I acknowledge it, I thank Him for it today and I'm expectant for more. Mark, you can keep that. Enjoy. Go sit down. Um, Mark gave me um, that cash um, this morning for a prop. Um, So he is actually, he can keep that. because he just has access to that type of money, uh, that pharmaceutical money, um, that drug money, some would say. Um, but honour gives worth and value to something, and honour gives worth and value to someone. So I want to look at uh, two parts this morning as we close. Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, two parts on what being familiar does today and then what being familiar does tomorrow. Does that sound okay? Can I get an Amen. The first thing, uh, point 1A, because there's only two points, but they've got breakdowns, um, is what it does is it puts pride and being superior and it flows out of your mouth. What happens and what we see in this story, we'll see it in a second on the screen, in Mark 6, verse 3 to 4, Jesus is doing miracles. He is speaking from supernatural wisdom and they say isn't this the carpenter isn't this mary's son the brother of them isn't this the sisters they took offense at him there's a very important truth and i want to give us this quote on the screen this morning around this topic of pride and around this topic of being superior it says this no matter how powerful his preaching or miracles might be jesus will never be accepted by those who insist they know better Even today, believers and non-believers alike often cling to an inaccurate idea about Christ. In their minds, they already know Jesus and have nothing to learn. If you're not taking photos of that screen uh, to help locate yourself later on in the day, because we can all spend time with Jesus, but often when we spend time with Jesus at home, we read a scripture and then text it to our friend, uh, not be stingy. Oh, I know someone's stingy. But what happens in church is someone stands up here and they mirror back and you get real quiet in the room like you are right now. Allow that to happen. There's a different anointing privately and publicly like together as the church when you're by yourself, value moments like this to allow, okay, I see here that Jesus' hometown's mouth were filled with pride. They knew everything they could possibly know about Jesus, but they missed some pretty important things. We must prioritize today to look at each other by each other's kingdom identity, not something else. Uh, who God says we are, not acting supreme to each other, not acting like we're better than each other, or that we're even competing against each other. You are not competing with anyone else in the kingdom. You are competing against two people. One is the devil. Kick him in the face, break his teeth. And the second thing is you are competing with you today. Keep on growing. Keep on becoming more like Jesus. If you're intimidated by someone else's gift, compete with a third person, Jesus himself. You want to put a measuring stick in your life? Go with Jesus. Yeah? Whew, okay, here we go. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're warming up. I'm warming up over here. Yum, yum, yum. Warm, warm, warm. Let's make sure that His voice is supreme. Let's stay humble. Let's let the voice of God be supreme and let truth flow from our mouths. Can I give us a little check-in time? Is that okay on this point? Do your words ooze humility and honor? That's right. I said ooze. It is in the top 10 grossest words along with ointment. Do your words ooze humility and honor? In your life, workplace, church, or family, do your words ooze humility, 
Here in this story, their words did not ooze humility. In this story, their words did not ooze honor. Let's be very intentional about breaking being familiar. Let's go on to point number 1B. It's this. In the story, what happens today to us is we talk and think and question without moving our feet. Mark 6 verse 1 to 2 on the screen. Let's read verse 2. It says, Where did this man get these things? They asked. What is this wisdom that he has been given? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? They asked these three questions. They asked another three questions. They were very good at asking questions and thinking things. And they missed the moment. We can get very good when familiarity takes hold in our hearts that we get opinions. We're actually probably tricked into having an opinion about everything. We spend so much time working on our opinion that we forget to do anything. Yeah? Social media has tricked all of us into we need to have an opinion. Something happened, are you going to post about it? Have you got the right Instagram thing? We're tricked into have an opinion, think, 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 think. And God's like, will you be faithful? Will you be obedient with what I've already said? Am I anti-learning? Definitely not. But I am anti the church being filled of opinions and lacking love. Love that acts, love that moves, love that honors each other, loves that lifts up Jesus above everything. Because sometimes when we're a know-it-all, we become a do-it-never. We know everything there is to know about everything and it stops us from doing anything. Those that can't do teach. No, just joking. Uh, those We can get caught up in these mindsets where not only do our words have this pride about them, but we get caught up in thinking and saying and opinions and we miss the opportunity to honour Jesus in his hometown and let miracles flow and let revival start in Mark 6 rather than Acts 1 verse 2. Can I keep going? Let's do a little check-in before we go to this uh, third thing. Um, I'm powering. Look at me go. You're taking notes. It's okay. Actually, one more thing. The story um, shows us that people question Jesus over championing Jesus. That is a truth for us today. Do we spend too much time questioning each other and not enough time championing each other? Do I believe with the fact that Pastor Joel said the word ooze this morning in church? It is not a holy word. It is not in the King James. Maybe we spend a little bit less time doing that. Do we, should we critique? Should we help? Should we support? Not without love. Without love, it's not from heaven. It's a clanging noise. The church has enough symbols in it. We've got three symbols over there and a fourth one with two upside down clapping together. We've got enough symbols. May your life be filled with championing what God is doing rather than questioning, is it right? Is it good? Is it perfect? Champion the God that you see in people rather than search for the enemy in them. Yeah? Or even better, search for the log in your own eye before we're searching for the speck in someone else's. And man, that's what familiarity does. We look for little things to justify ourselves. Hashtag justify your existence. That's for Jess. Let me check in. Do your feet leak obedience and faith? That's right, I said leak. It's a synonym for ooze. I had to use the internet to do this. Do your feet leak? Everyone say leak. Say, Lord, let my feet leak. I didn't think you were going to do it. Um, honestly, didn't. Um, touch mine, angel. Good show. Um, I 
your feet fitted with the, the gospel of peace? Is there something about how you're living and what you are doing? More than your words or your thoughts or your opinions about these things, but there is something about your action that separates you from Jesus' hometown. Who asked six questions, Jesus did few miracles, they did nothing. They didn't join the crew of the 12 disciples. We'll go into that in a second. They didn't, no, there was no huge legacy out of this moment. They missed the moment. Can you this morning check your feet? Are they obedient? Are they filled with faith? Don't worry about me. Don't worry about Pastor Benoit this morning. Don't worry about the person next to you. Worry about you. Is there just such an obedience? God said it. I did it today. <laughs> I did it today. I, I can put my head on my pillow at night after watching YouTube for four hours. YouTube premium. I'm not watching ads. I got that Mark Maharab money, um, $11.99 a month. Um, when my head hits my pillow, I can say, God, I, we did what we needed to do today. I'm not constantly wrestling being like, oh, I can't be content with what he's done. No, I'm, I'm being obedient. My, my feet are moving. I'm ready for a new day. Let's rest it up and party back in. The uh, part, part 1C is this. Um, what happens today when we are familiar? We lose our minds and we start forgetting very important things. I'll read it again, verse 3 and 4. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? And the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon. Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. We start to act differently from who we are called to be when we forget what God says. The story shows us here an incredible memory of um, the people in Jesus' hometown. It's quite likely that uh, Jesus' stepdad, I guess you could say, Joseph, was, was dead at this point. They could remember, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? Isn't these his four brothers? Aren't these his sisters? We won't list them because we're mean. Um, they had all of these things about Jesus, but they forgot some other pretty important things about Jesus, like maybe um, the prophecies about Jesus. Um, maybe Genesis, I don't know, Genesis 3, verse, verse 15, where we start hearing prophecies about the coming Messiah, that he will crush the devil's head, or all the way to Malachi, the last prophecy that they would have heard waiting for the Messiah to come, where the, there's prophecies in Malachi 4, verse 6, that, uh, that John the Baptist would come and make a way and it was quite clear that Elijah was already, was already moving the spirit of Elijah on John the Baptist, preparing a way for Jesus. There is prophecies. They knew so much about Jesus, but they knew nothing of the kingdom of God. And when we are familiar, we treat something holy as something unholy. We treat the Word of God, we treat as Jess, uh, Ryan and Bonnie and the team lead us this morning. There were so many up the front. Who was worship leading? They all are. We're all worship leaders. You're a worship leader right where you are, church. Some of you were late. I'm um, just joking. Um, I started without you. Um, what happens is this familiar heart of, I know all the practical things. Oh yeah, I know what church is. Yeah, I know the, the timing of our service. I can even look in the reflection on my phone back at the timer and see how long Pastor Joel has before the keys get up and we start. And we can get familiar with the coffee and we can get familiar with each other and we can get familiar with the anointing of God and the presence of God and the, the honor it is to worship Him freely in our church. We get familiar with all these little practical things because we forget the kingdom. 
We forget the main thing. They knew a lot of things about Jesus, but they didn't know the prophecies about him. And even to the point, if that scripture can be back on the screen, uh, Mark 6, verse 3 to 4, even to the point where it says, Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, almost hinting at the prophecies that were spoken about him. He didn't describe himself as God here. He described himself as a prophet, someone bringing the kingdom of God. Man, if Jesus... Uh, I won't go there. Can we keep going? We forget a very important thing. We forget who we are in the kingdom. We start to act different. Maybe disappointment has done it to you. Maybe you forgot that you were an evangelist and there's something in you that just wants to lead people to Jesus because you had a bad week or a bad month or a bad term or a bad season. Maybe you're a, you're a teacher and you try to teach someone in your connect group and they didn't get it and you've, you've, you've let it check and you've forgotten who you are in the kingdom. This place should be a place that screams the kingdom over each other. You are this, don't forget who you are. You flex that thing, even if it intimidates me, even if it's a little bit, there's a, there's a prophet in here giving a prophecy and you don't really like it. And even if it's not your cup of tea, that you would champion the things of God so aggressively, so unconditionally, so loudly that it would be our exclusive voice as a church, honor. Our exclusive voice would be adding value and worth to each other. That there wouldn't be an alternative. There wouldn't be, I don't know, Pastor Joel's pockets look a bit crooked this morning. Where did he buy that jumper from? Yes. They are, the whole pocket is crooked. Look at that. I bought it because of how crooked it was. I thought, someone failed and I want to celebrate that. It's about taking risks, church. They took a risk. They sewed the pocket on wrong. So I'm going to go visit the place in Bangladesh that this was made, and I'm going to teach them a lesson. Okay, um, last check-in is this um, before we talk about tomorrow. Uh, does your mind gush, that's a synonym, uh, with truth and insight? So do your words, are they humble? Are your feet moving, are they obedient, are they filled with faith? But does your mind, the way that you think, the questions that you ask, how you live your life, does it gush truth and insight about yourself in God and about everyone else in God? Is it just overflowing? Okay, this is who Joey is. When he plays guitar, his gift in the kingdom isn't guitaring. There is something about it. Is he shepherding? Is it pastoral? Is it teaching me? Is it prophesying? Is there miracles? Is there words of wisdom? Is there words of knowledge? I can be familiar with it and treat it natural, but we need to have our mind gushing with the truth of the kingdom. Okay, now that covers today. We can check in. How's my mouth? How are my feet? How's my mind? That locates you to today. But now I want to move on to what happens if we don't address our mouth, our feet, and our mind in this area. Is that okay? Can I get an amen in church? Can I get a holler at your boy? It's very weird. I don't know what that means. Can I get a touch by an angel? It's a good TV show. Check it out. What's the girl's name in that? You know, pastor, you know. Seventh heaven, touched by an angel. This is like your... Bianca is com- confident. It starts with an M. Come on, someone got it. She looks like she's Googling something. No, no one knows. Fine. Huh? Mary? Mary? Come on, that's the Bible. He's so Christian, Angel. That was amazing. Is it Mother Mary? Um, so good. Love it. Um, no bullying in church. Um... Now let's look at what being familiar does to tomorrow, okay? Number two is this. 2A is this. We end up alone, left behind, and no longer a part of the story. 
I'm funny, so I'm allowed to say intense things. What happens tomorrow is something we see in this story. Mark 6, verse 5 on the screen. I don't have other verses today. I deleted all of them. I want us to focus on these verses. Not deleted. I didn't cross them out of my Bible or something. Deleted. No. Uh, Mark 6, verse 5. We often finish the story here. He could not do any miracles there. We get very sad about that. Except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. And probably in your Bible, you've ended a paragraph there, mid-verse, and you haven't read on to 6b or 7. And what happens, we don't need to go to them just yet, is we get forced to think about this great tragedy that not many miracles happened. Let me give you a little side note. Is that okay? There's common things inside of the Bible where people want miracles. There's expectation, there's hunger, there's desperation. It is the woman pushing through the crowd just to touch the edge of Jesus. It is the, the, the sadness that's happening when Lazarus dies. There's, there's these moments of desperation. My son or my daughter is sick. Can you please come? Send someone. Do something. There is an expectation, a hunger that happens when people need miracles. I'm going to make a suggestion this morning. The hometown was so comfortable they didn't need miracles. That's why they thought, spoke, and acted like this. I don't know if you've ever needed a miracle before, but you don't need to be like, oh, I don't know if I'm happy with God using that person. That doesn't happen. You get anyone to pray for you. Some dude missing 17 teeth. Yes, please pray for me. Uh, some random wandering around that has a word. I'm going to... There's a hunger that happens. And these people did not have that. I would hate to have been someone in Jesus' hometown that needed a miracle and the crowd was yelling so much that I missed my miracle. <laughs> church, let's not be so comfortable that a whole city misses miracles because we're fine with church how it is. There's only one heater, but it's pretty warm this morning. Coffee's getting there, like the brew is happening. I like it. Yeah, there's sausage sizzle happening after the service today. I'm so, oh, my pastor preaches the message and I can hear some, and the worship team, oh, they rehearse so well, and I'm so comfortable. Get uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable. If you don't need a miracle, press into God for someone else's miracle. Get hungry for some cancers to be healed. If there's not someone in your family that needs it, man, there's someone's family that does. <laughs> Maybe some, some salvation, some eternity is changing. We can adopt that as a miracle that we need and we, can't, we can move on from getting caught up. But okay, let's stop. Let's keep going. Verse 6b and 7 is going to appear on the screen. We're going to continue the tragedy of what happens here in Jesus' hometown. It says, Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over impure spirits. A miracle is not for a miracle's sake. A miracle is the beginning of a season as much as it is the end of a season. The tragedy here is not that a few people didn't get healed. The tragedy here is Jesus moved on. That the people that were familiar were left behind in the story. That Jesus moved on with his actual disciples, not a crowd, not a congregation, not a group, not a team, not an organization. He moved on with his actual disciples, gave them authority. He never gave the crowd that was questioning him any authority. He gave them authority to go out and cast out spirits. 
and then he sent them out in groups. His group grew from 12 to 72, 74 disciples. They went and did things. But the tragedy is not that many miracles didn't happen. The tragedy is they got left behind, that they were out of step with the plan of God. They're not to be mentioned again <laughs> in the way that they could have been. Let's check in time as we do our last point. Are you in sync with the story? Are you ready for the next verse? Are you in sync with the story in God? Is there expectation? Is there hunger? Are you ready for the next thing that he is doing? Are you being faithful what he told our church about pursuit? Or are you waiting for someone to point to the sign and remind you of it because you don't see it anymore because you've come into church enough times it just becomes a part of the stage? When God said it, pursue me. Are you so faithful with it? Are you so in step with the story that God could say something else to you? We can often be so expectant for God to say something new, but we are neglecting the very thing that he has already said. And he's like, I can't give you two things. Your hands are already filled. Use them. Impart them. Become empty. Allow me to use you to do more things. The last point this morning is this. What happens tomorrow is we grow into being familiar with God himself we can be familiar with each other treating each other with a lack of honor not valuing it could be leaders it could be family it could be people in our workplace all of those things we could compete them all against each other as well and we won't get into that and we can be familiar with ourselves that maybe God is done with us. I feel overlooked. My part feels overlooked. My gifting feels overlooked. Um, then we start to act different because we forget what we were supposed to bring. And we're supposed to bring it for Jesus. We weren't supposed to bring it just for his body. It wasn't about how many people could encourage you in your gift. It was about you using your gift to worship the king. You are a priest. You're not just coming to attend a church where someone else is a priest. You have something to offer to God. We are, a, a, we are a community of priests. We are all worshipping him. We are all laying an offering down. If we are not laying an offering down, if we are not worshipping him with our lives, we are probably missing something very important. So what happens is we can be familiar with ourselves. We can be familiar with the people around us. But what ultimately happens is when you become so familiar with his creation, we have to admit you must be pretty familiar with the creator. The one that made the body the one that saved it and redeemed it and made it pure, the one that forgave the sins. And what happens tomorrow is when we allow familiarity, I got there Libby, to be our portion and our normal, is pretty soon tomorrow we find ourselves rocking up to church missing worship or thinking if the song, you liked it, the song wasn't for you, the service wasn't for you, it was about God being honored, us looking into his face and becoming more like him whilst being in awe of him, falling more in love with him. It wasn't about if the kids' ministry was good for your kids. It wasn't about if the youth ministry was safe enough for your youth. It wasn't. It wasn't about that. It was about you hearing and seeing God and choosing to put him first above everything else. Let me give you some check-ins. Does your worship show that you are familiar with God? Does your prayer show it? Does your faith show it? Do your actions show that you are familiar with God? The same God that raised Jesus from the grave lives in you. Are you familiar with the actions that should be taking place as the hands and feet of Jesus? Are you familiar in your words, your feet, your mind? 
Let's check in with ourselves. Are we mindful of him? Are we thinking of him? Are we heaping honor on him? Are we heaping honor on our family, our second family, our church family, work, people in our life? Are we familiar? Have we become so used to the money that he is handling, handing us, the blessing, the breath that you just took, the heartbeat that you just took? I'm at 115 right now. Are you so familiar with how good it is you forget how good he is and, and how much how how worthy how not worthy you are. It doesn't matter how many church services you attend, how many great deeds, you are not worthy. Jesus makes you worthy. Be thankful that he saved you, that you're invited to the party, and that he let you come back. When you fell on your knees, that he forgave you, that he loved you, and that he has a plan and a purpose for you. Can I get Ryan up on guitar? That would be awesome as we land this plane. Familiar, being familiar can leave you alone, outside of the plan, not at the table, missing in action. So what do we do? This is what we do. We fight for honor. Aggressively, we fight for it. We, we make a decision to add worth and value to each other, especially those that are bringing God in the moment. Especially when a, a worship person gets up here and starts to bring God, just like Jesus was moving in his anointing and they were familiar with it, especially in those moments, that we would heap honor on we would fight for it another thing we can do is let's speak loudly and confidently the truth of god over each other let's make it our exclusive language of our culture that people would meet us and be like you have nothing bad to say about anyone flip holy moly it it feels like a 101 christian course we all went through at some point as we got really good at seeing the bad in everything we got really good at being terrified about the latest thing for our youth. We got very terrified and we got very concerned about what this was happening, what this was happening, how that person's issue was. And that, that shirt is too short. That midriff is too belly. I don't, I don't know what our issues have been, but we get very good at seeing someone else's faults. We need to get very good at making our exclusive language honor. And really, the most important thing, we need to pursue Jesus. With not being familiar not thinking that we know him when he's like, you don't. If you've been walking with Jesus for 150 years, congratulations, you know almost nothing about him. There is a lot more. Oh, but Joel, I know so much. Maybe compared to someone else, compared to him, no, you don't. Oh, but I've had so many experiences with Jesus. Cool, great. Get a thousand billion more and be hungry for every single moment with him that you could possibly have until the day that you get to spend eternity with him, still trying to comprehend his bigness, his love, his kindness. Heaven will be filled with moments of you will walk into heaven and you will not get it. Don't think you're going to walk to heaven and be like, I know this place. You'll know a bit. You don't know all of God yet. You were looking through a veil don't know him yet let's pursue him let's be hungry for him until it changes how we see each other until you can no longer look at your neighbor and be like "Mm, i don't know if god could use them yet maybe they need to work stop it let god move let him do miracles in your town don't be left behind familiarity doesn't um stop when you leave a church you know, I went to a church, the pastor said, so I didn't like, I'll move on. It affects every area. Being familiar gains momentum in your life. It, um, it brings division into your marriage. It uh, makes you treat your spouse as common instead of called by God. 
and make sure you treat your kids like weaker versions of you rather than speak hope, dreams, expectation on them. Not manipulating them to fulfill your childhood dreams, but releasing them into theirs. When we're familiar, it gains this momentum. We leave the job that God called us into and we leave it because our discouragement becomes our anchor rather than Him telling us to stand becomes our anchor. We can get familiar. We speak doubt and mediocrity over each other. It gains momentum, church. It steals your joy. You stop, you stop worshipping like you used to. You stop being hungry for the Word like you used to. You stop praying like you used to. It gains momentum. And it causes you to miss Jesus. And ultimately, it results in Christians having a label but lacking a fruit. And the fruit of hungering after God above everything else. What now? Let me do a final check-in. Let's imagine a culture zapped of familiarity. And then commit ourselves to making it a reality. Jess, if I can get you up, we're going to worship in a second. Imagine a place where we see each other with God's eyes rather than our own. That we think for each other from a mindset of Christ rather than a mindset of Christian or a mindset of judgment or a mindset of attendee or a mindset of person. That we think of each other seated with Jesus. Heaven is our normal, used to that atmosphere and foreign to other atmospheres. That we speak honour acknowledging worth, acknowledging value over each other again and again. Imagine what miracles could have occurred in Jesus' hometown if they just let Jesus be Jesus, if they just let God move through him. And man, that culture can be amplified 112 times in this room, positively or negatively. Not just we miss out on what Ryan brings, we miss out on what we all bring when there's this toxic culture of, of knowing everything. I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes as we close this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I want you just to let the Holy Spirit examine your heart. We're going to make a moment, a second, we're going to stand together and we're just going to reflect on on the thought, um, the conviction that we refuse to be familiar with him, so we refuse to be familiar with what he's doing. In a moment, we're going to stand up. The team's going to worship. It's a song you might not know. You don't have to sing about it. I want you to stand in a second and let this wash over you. And look at Jesus until it alters how you look at your spouse until it alters how you look at your leader or your pastor or your boss. If you can open your eyes for one more moment, we look at these things so often and think, okay, what's my priorities? What's my values? Does, does family come first? No. Does church come first? No. Does work come first? No. Does life come first? No. There's a scripture in Matthew and it gives us a truth. You ready for the, the prop to spin around? <laughs> that we have to make a decision that kingdom comes first that all other things will be given to us when we put his kingdom first and righteousness whether it be the way that we look at our leaders in church our brothers and sisters in christ our spouse at home our boss at work we need to see with kingdom eyes why don't we stand together as a church family i just want you to close your eyes as we close this morning the team's going to sing this they're going to sing the verse a bit chorus whatever you know guys know 
Let it wash over you. Holy Spirit, we, un- we refuse as a church to be familiar with you. Maybe it outworked in a, in, a, in a thought about one of our brothers or sisters. Maybe it outworked in our, our view about our service or our gathering or our spouse. Maybe it outworks in all these areas and we just come back to the root of the issue. We are hungry and desperate for you. We want more of you above everything. And we want heaven to be our normal. We want to get used to your presence. So right now in this moment, I ask for heaven to open. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.